It's me, Andrew Lazat, the host of the podcast you are currently listening to, which is Punch Up Your Life, the show where a guest comes in and they pitch me their life as if it was a big budget blockbuster film, and I give them notes. I make them look at themselves in the mirror and really get into it. But at the end, we're millionaires. It's so successful every time, 100% success rate. Um, and we we take that money and we live far beyond our means and we push everyone who loved us for who we were away. And then eventually we hit a wall and desperately scramble to make amends for any of those relationships on the way down. Uh, but uh, we don't have to worry about that now because I am still waiting for that dump truck full of money that I am manifesting uh, much like the secret is that the same thing? I don't even know. I, I don't think I'm manifesting properly. Where's my dump truck full of money? Oh, well, we'll get to it. And speaking of getting to it, this week's host, or guest, rather, is Tim Gray. You know what? He takes the reins. It's sort of a, it's a dual hosting. Uh, Tim is a very talented uh, comedian, and I say that in the general sense because he is a stand-up sketch comedian and improviser and he's very good at all three and it is very intimidating um i have known tim since university and we uh wrote on a basic cable access show together uh it it was kind of a uh mix between conan o'brien meets the daily show but only for winnipeg uh kind of a niche market cult following, which we did have, which was very actually rewarding. Um, And, you know, if you ever really want to learn how to produce TV, go to um, cable access because they will just give you all that equipment and they will not watch what you're doing. You will be totally free creatively and it is terrifying but also rewarding. So Tim and I have that under our belts together, and we reminisce about a lot of stuff. I get to tell some of my favorite uh, Winnipeg stand-up stories. But um, uh, just as well, uh, there is a horrible recording malfunction that you get to um, look forward to. Uh, We left it in because it is thematically... uh, appropriate it is it is like a greek tragedy of what is set up in the beginning must happen at the end and boy does it so it's very it's a very fulfilling accident that occurs uh enjoy that uh the other thing too is um i hope i hope i was bringing some energy but at the same time i'm kind of going through a breakup right now and you know maybe for the deep cut listeners you can kind of hear that um Bring in that grief, that ennui, that Mark Marin anti-energy we're all so fond of. Um, and I guess in closing, because I can't release an episode of this without some terrible tragedy happening, I will say uh, over the weekend, I went with some friends to what is a culturally gay beach in Toronto, and I didn't have proper swim trunks, so without thinking, I wore cargo shorts. And I have since been told that is a hate crime, and I would just like to apologize here and now. Um, Matt Damon and I are having a very tough week. Uh, Thank God, in both cases, there was uh, 
um, a 12-year-old girl around to tell us explicitly what we had done wrong. And uh, I would like to formally apologize and just ask for a respectful space as Matt Damon and I go through this powerful time of self-reflection. Um, in closing, uh, Tim's sketch troupe, Hunks, has an album out called Mouth Beef. It is very funny, as well as his own stand-up album called You Gotta Laugh by both. Uh, wherever you can download them and uh, give Tim money for his talent and efforts. You're welcome for what is about to happen. You're welcome. Okay, so normally we would seamlessly segue into stuff, and of course I haven't hit record. There was a bunch of witty banter off the top, but it, oh, it's come up so that good. Tim Gray, my guest today, does not know what Lake House is. Hello. The, the, the Keanu Reeves film. Tim, shut up. Shut up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, welcome. Hello. How are you? <laughs> You're the only one I could do this to. Um, I also... Here's the thing. I needed caffeine and I'm like, I never treat myself to a special beverage. I'm like, I'm going to try one of these fancy beverages and I'm, I'm drinking it. I'm not saying who the, what I'm drinking because I don't know if I'm going to have who, who my advertisers are going to be for this. So it's I don't want to burn code red. It's yeah, Mountain yeah, yeah. Dew code red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so like I've been drinking it and it, physically upsets me it's so bad tim like i thought i was gonna be sick <laughs> but it costs so much that i can't stop drinking it so yeah, something there. i'm gonna do is every time because i'm dead inside that i need to relate to something you're saying i'm just gonna drink and be like oh we're here example <laughs> oh it's so bad it's so bad tim oh. <laughs> It's like it's just dry and then it goes to the back of your throat and it's like it's somehow worse, which is, is like a nice chalk? segue yes. into the lake house. <laughs> so this was a movie, I think, early 2000s with Keanu mm. Reeves and Sandra Bullock. And it was right after the the time traveler's wife, that whole romantic thing. So like right. time travel was very sexy at the time. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. So what it is, is that Keanu I Reeves. I imagine there's a lake in a house at <laughs> yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah. So we first of all, science those. fiction. There's a <laughs> lake. Yeah, yeah. But Keanu Reeves and Sandra yes. Bullock. Uh, and that's Keanu Reeves from Hamlet, right? The, yes, yes. The, the, <laughs> the Royal the world famous <laughs> Winnipeg Hamlet production, which... Yeah. Listeners, if you've ever watched Slings and Arrows, the entire first season is just making fun of that. It, yeah, that's what the entire first season is about. And most of it is completely true. So I'll huh. let you watch that and come back. Huh. I feel so bad for Keanu Reeves for that. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what I mean? You got to go through adversity to yeah. truly figure out who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Because uh, he just finished doing Bill and Ted and, oh, okay. and like... 
uh, I think he did that Dracula one, the, yeah. the Dr- Martin or Francis Ford Coppola Dracula, but he still got the like surfboard. Like it sounds like his mouth fucked a surfboard, <laughs> which, which is weird because he's Canadian, but that's a whole other, that's a whole uh, other podcast. Uh, uh. Um, <laughs> and I true, mean, let, true let's, crime podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this, this is a terrible crime, but like we don't give Sean Connery crap for like, Right in in Highlander, he's supposed to be Spanish. He does not even try. <laughs> like in Hunt for Red October, he's supposed to be Russian. He's just a oh. Russian with an Irish accent. I feel like that's a little more on the writers or the producers at a certain point. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Can we change that one line where he says uh, he's Spanish and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Scottish accent? Right. Why didn't they fix that in post? And they're it. like, no, let's <laughs> let's just let chaos reign. Yeah, overdub it or something. <laughs> so Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock both own yeah. lake houses. Okay, enough. You said enough. Yeah, I'm in. And <laughs> but <laughs> and they also discover they a movie. that they own the same lake house, what? and they start sending each other love letters through a magical mailbox. That is a transport through time to a different universe or t- different same era. universe, just decades <gasps> ahead and behind. Whoa! Did Cristiano right? at some point like put his penis in the mailbox? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was too young. My mom wouldn't let me watch all of it, or sure. like it was her romantic movie time. So I'm just gonna say yes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> And then one day Sandra Bullock just opens the mailbox and there's one of those pregnancy tests that says, you're pregnant. And she's like, what? what? And she looks down and it's like nine months in. Yeah. This is old, man. Yeah. And she turns to the camera home alone style and it's like, what happened? Yeah. Kevin! <laughs> oh, Tim, this drink is so bad. Oh, that is it's nasty. so bad. Like, that I'm just nasty. like. nasty. This is the extra game of the of the podcast. It's like, will he throw up by the end? Yeah, um, like one of those awful spies that like eats the cyanide pill and is like, oh, that just doesn't. That's not going down nice. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, that tastes awful. When the cyanide pill goes wrong, I'm just like, oh. it's like in my teeth though. It's like at yeah. the back of my throat. Does the anyone have water like stuck in my teeth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. anybody? But uh, hi, Tim. Thank you for doing this. Uh, hey, thanks for you're, having you're, me. You're one of my oldest, if not older, friends. Yeah, we go way back. Yeah, since since university. Right? Yeah. yeah, probably. That's right. Yeah, yes. Because different universities, I, I think. Right? No? Yeah, different universities. Yeah. But I used to come over to do your radio show. Yes. at the time, which yeah. was a blast. Um. And I think you did stand up at one of the first shows I produced at that diner. Yes. At the U of M. Which was great for me because they paid you in food and it was good food, which doesn't normally happen. You got a free meal. Yeah. It was great. Especially better than most shows now, even with inflation. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it wasn't just cafeteria food. It was like people worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quality. 
quality yeah, ingredients. Yeah. That restaurant was able to get like really good quality food and serve it for really low prices because it was part of the students' union. And the students' union made absolute bank on the print shop that they owned on, <laughs> on campus. It operated on like a $500,000 surplus every year. And uh, so, yeah, the restaurant got to eat up a bunch of those costs. Oh, and it, oh, oh yeah, it, it was so good. This is, this is a regular thing for comedians, though. Like you get in these subreddits of like, where are you going? What's the food like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember getting on a post of like a comedian uh, a lot of us knew that died. Oh, and yeah. then eventually you go far enough down the chat. And someone was like, do you remember this restaurant that he took you to? Because like, it was amazing. It was like this Jamaican Italian fusion place. And everyone jumped on like, I know we have to. And like, (laughs) it's almost like he's dead. It's, it's too bad. We need to track down this restaurant. (laughs) He would have wanted it this way. Yeah. Where did I get that jerk chicken pizza? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It, that's a strange thing too. Is going like the best Italian food I've ever had was in Regina. Oh, really? And I've been to Italy, Tim. That's the disturbing <laughs> part of this. It's in Regina. <laughs> Little Italy in Regina. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I just took another sip, and it's so bad, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, what, it's coming out of his nose now. Yeah. yeah. What are what are you drinking? <laughs> I made myself a uh, Caesar. I got See, myself a little Caesar, a little Manitoba vodka, yeah. some glam juice with the works. We got a little salt on the rim. You even, even. Got a salt rim. You you respect yourself. Uh-huh. That's the main difference between us. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm hanging out with my my good old friend Andrew. Why not have a little Caesar? Spice uh-huh. it up. Oh. You know? Um. Tim, do you wanna do you wanna pitch us your film? Okay, um, I'm nervous. All right, you know because I know you're uh, you're an excellent in the in the playwright, scriptwright, writing words. You've got lots of words. Yeah, you've never been shy about that. <laughs> but I I need I need you to like screw it up, Tim. I need you because like what happens if you just say a perfectly formed movie? Right. What are we? What are we going right. to talk about? Like, well, I, I don't need... think we're. I don't think there's any danger in that app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, so okay. Before so the you idea do is that, that we're, 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 yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> How many times can I interrupt you before we even <laughs> start the pod? Uh, before, just to throw an extra game into it. What is what is a product you would sell your soul for? Like, what would you absolutely sell out for without guilt? Mm, probably a lake house yeah just a lake <laughs> a lake house yeah gonna, a lake okay. house with like a magical mailbox that Keanu's <laughs> Reeves dick pops into every once in a while uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so every now and again we're gonna try and like if we can bring it back to the lake house or just promote <laughs> or actually Tim yes. you're trying to flip and sell a home right now sure so you know, let's see if we can get someone to like message me after this and be like, I want to buy that house. So as many sell times as you can self-promote this house you need to sell, okay, go for it. This is a true thing, audience. We're not doing a bit. He, he's he been flipping a house over COVID. 
Well, we yeah, we've been we've been renovating a house, but I I don't know. I'm, we're thinking we're just gonna keep it. But if someone wants to offer too much money for a little bit of house in Winnipeg, oh, uh, that's go ahead. too much money is so affordable right now. Like that's no. just what the market is. <laughs> yeah, it's spilling over with too much money. Oh, um, um, yeah. Okay, so for how do you want me to do this? follow follow your heart okay follow it so i was thinking about a coming of age type movie sure right where someone goes through something and then they learn something about themselves oh relatable maybe they're better for it afterwards right you know so there was a marketable soundtrack yes moby (laughs) moby is still you know what Moby's like the Johnny Cash of Electronica. So yes. yeah, that's Absolutely. just dependable. I have have you seen the the new documentary about Woodstock 1999? No, I haven't, but I hear it's a On train HBO. wreck. Oh yeah. It is an absolute train wreck. But there are these uh they interviewed Moby as part of it. And the stuff that Moby says is just so on point. And he's like He's got like a neck tattoo now and he's having tea in the woods <laughs> during his interview. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta find out what Moby's been yeah. up to. The war is over and Moby won. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So it's, it's coming of age. It's yeah, you. Coming of age. You're the one coming of age. I'm coming of age. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, when, uh, this was 2000 and. 10 okay so uh 2009 had just come and gone right? oh wow there's the housing crisis in 2008 mm-hmm. we're still reeling from that you know the big oh ceo is taking paydays are you are you in university is this a high school thing yes this is towards the end of so this is the second last year on a five-year what should be four year arts degree? <laughs> that makes should sense. be is the yeah, it should be. Should it's be. Three year degree in five years. I yes. did it. Everyone yes. does it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I just wanted to soak it in, you know? Um so uh yeah, second last year, uh enroll in a uh in a exchange type program. Uh, basically, I just get to study abroad at a different university. So I pick England, and uh, there are three options. And uh, I pick Bradford, England, because it's right directly in the center of the United Kingdom. And I figure from there, I can travel easily to Scotland, to London, you know, easy to get around. It's very okay, much like Winnipeg. I have a precursor question. Yes. Were you, like, excelling as a student in anything no. that they wanted to swap you? Was this... On a particular, what did you have to do to be accepted? I, I pretty, I had to write a, uh, yeah, that's right. I had to write a letter, like an essay, why, saying why I uh, want to study abroad, why I want to do this program. And okay. uh, I guess it was persuasive enough and my grades were just barely good enough. I was, mm-hmm. wasn't a great student. I was a, C's for degrees. Oops, I got a D kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was having a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, uh, 
the the program was fairly decent because I just had to pay the Manitoba tuition to go to this like fancy business school in England. Oh wow! Wait, you were studying business? This was business still. Yeah, I what? thought I wanted to be a businessman. Yeah, I was in the Asper School of Business, but I was also taking theater, and I was starting to realize that maybe the arts was more where I wanted to be than the business world. Okay, so automatically I'm I'm getting Billy Elliot vibes of just like secretly loving yeah. theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dancing yeah, whenever no one's watching <laughs> when you should be dancing but like no one's watching. <laughs> <laughs> Only dancing when no one's watching, but dancing mm-hmm. like everyone's watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. What, so, what was, what was, do you remember what you said on this paper? I don't remember. I was just wondering if I might have it archived in an old email address, but I don't think so. I pretty much, I think because I was also in a place in my life where I was kind of torn between. Am I a small town guy that's going to stay in this small town and like drink every weekend and, you know, get into bar fights or play poke, play video poker and pool or, you know, what am I going to do is am I, am I just going to set up roots in the small town or am I going to move to a big city somewhere? And Wait, were you are you referring to Winnipeg as the small town? No, the small town is the small town of Stonewall, smaller oh. town than yeah. Were you like right by the prison? Yeah, close to. Close to the prison. There's one town over that Stony Mountain. I was in Stonewall, but it's like 10 minutes apart. Yeah. Yeah. So we I, I the just prison figured the they the both city. have stone. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's got to be close. It's got to be. The stones throw away. Was there, were, was any of the town's like economy based on the prison or like when your parents were driving you to school, they're like, don't fuck up or that's <laughs> where you go. Yeah. We played most of our hockey games in the arena, like up the street from the prison. You know, sometimes you'd hear like the sirens go, you know, you pass sandwiches to the prisoners yeah, between yeah. the fences. Sandwiches <laughs> or like you thought you got a gold and they're like, false alarm. It was a prison break. <laughs> start it over. Yeah, just start celebrating. The, the community center doors. <laughs> no one leaves until this game is done and the prisoners yeah. have been recaptured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I believe there was an argument there of just like pleading for some escape from um from the small town and <clears throat> seeing the world a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah i got into the program uh, january i moved there five days before my birthday it was my first time really living anywhere that wasn't you know half an hour from friends or family mm-hmm. so go into some so we see this main character go into some uh isolation and uh you know, makes a couple friends along the way, maybe. So, and this is, this is, and it, which first of all, now I've jumped from uh, um, uh, Billy Elliot to all yeah. of a sudden coal miner's daughter of just like, mm. I have a song in my heart and I've got to get out of this small town, <laughs> which great, great film again. 
so this is you going to England. So like, yes, it, I, I have a feeling there's a twist in this where you go from a small town to another small town, but in yes. England. Turns out Bradford is an absolutely dead city in North Yorkshire, middle of nowhere. 70% of the buildings in this town are abandoned because when it was a big textile town where mm -hmm. people uh, did a lot of manufacturing and once uh, that got moved out of England, the town shut down. So, uh, yeah, it was still a pretty small town. I'm picturing the pub from like uh, an American werewolf in London. Where there's just mm -hmm. the open field, yeah. torrential rain. They're like, there be wolves outside. <laughs> Beware. Yeah, there are a couple of pubs with guys that kept saying that. Like, shouldn't you have a British accent? <laughs> I do. <laughs> they make Actually, all the crazy I'm people Spanish. Scottish because England does not like Scotland and it is mutual. I don't know yeah. if anyone wants to look that up. <laughs> Matt, if you're agree. listening to this, I want you to look up the entire history of Scotland. And I just want you, if you could just give us a quick wiki notes. And thank, thank you, you, Ireland. Please. Just to make sure, just so people know the difference. I don't want them going back <laughs> on the street misinformed. Yeah. You're assuming people are like listening this before they've been released from some sort of captivity back onto the street. It's it's all prisoners in, in a Stonewall Penitentiary. Hello, everyone. This is your editor, Matt. Uh, as per your request, Andrew, uh, regarding the Scottish, uh, as someone who is married into a proud Scottish family, I can simply pass along the feelings of my Glaswegian grandfather-in-law that the English are a load of Bampot ball bags. I do not know what that means. I am assuming it is not nice. Uh, as a member of the Irish diaspora, with ties to the poet Yeats, members of my family that were both Catholic and Protestant, as well as a former Lord Mayor of Dublin, uh, I can simply say that the English are a bunch of mother <laughs> colonizing <laughs> jerks. But they did give us Doctor Who, so I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. Thank you. Have a great day. You know what's funny is that you, you, you mentioned before we started recording how you used to come on the radio show a lot. We, we used to do this radio show at uh, uh, like a community radio show after a stand-up comedy night. It'd be a midnight on Sundays and we would just go in and say the most ridiculous stuff for about an hour. And mm -hmm. uh, a few times we had people call in from the prison. Uh, and apparently there's big listeners of the show in the Stony Mountain prison. I remember this. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I, I have this weird memory of you interviewing me for an hour pretending I was Tom Arnold. 
<laughs> for some that reason. Right. But I that also like right. <laughs> I love to mess around on that. Like the the one at my university that I was working on, I was doing a show yes. and they're like, you only get to play one song per per episode. And so like I was guesting on a show and I picked, I had, I'm sorry, listeners, I had a Bill Cosby album. Hmm. But one of the tracks on it was just the long form version of the original uh, Cosby Show theme song by Quincy Jones. Oh my gosh. And it's like 12 minutes long. And it just gets into him scatting and saying things like reason for 12 minutes. (laughs) So the the station manager hates me, hates me. But that call board lit up. Oh yeah. 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 And it was all people like I'm, I'm about to close up the Starbucks and I was just clear. What was that? (laughs) They wanted more. Yeah. 12 more minutes, please. Just just an agent of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> CRTC is trying to bang the door down. But even like a bunch of us have all done comedy shows at that prison. And they're actually a really mm-hmm. good group of people who genuinely want the entertainment. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're all good people, but. Uh, well, I mean, they were polite. People. Yes. They didn't. I have been to shows crowds. where I was heckled more. Let's mm-hmm. let's put that they were very respectful. Yes. There was that one famous show in Winnipeg from improv duo Crumbs where at the King's Head pub there was a table full of police officers <gasps> and they'd all put their guns in the one bag of guns. person's purse. Oh. And they all were all drunk and just interrupting the show and then they left. And then they come back in the room and they're screaming at everyone, turn the lights on, turn the lights on. They lost the purse that they all put their guns in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then so literally in the show, I think it was John Duff had to interrupt the show by by quote unquote phoning into the improv scene and being like, because they were in a pizza restaurant. I remember this so vividly. Right, right. Like, did anyone in the restaurant leave a bag full of guns and badges, Tim? It was guns oh and badges. God. And so then the audience, which is all mad at these drunk cops, starts yeah. heckling them. <laughs> and I just, were you at the table downstairs after? I I had the vaguest memories of it. I don't, I don't know if I was, th- I don't know if I did stick around so, at the table, although... This was like December 23rd, if not 24th. This is right uh. before Christmas. <laughs> and it's it's just the group of comics. And at one point, we just realize that all the tables surrounding us are filled with these drunk, angry cops oh who are pissed God. at us. And we just think we're going to get beaten to death yeah. and like thrown in jail for the night. And it was... John Duff, who, John, you come up a lot on this podcast, and yeah. uh, Ryan McMahon. Right. A- and they're just like, well, if they're going to throw us in prison, we might as well deserve it. And they huh. start into this like pantomime bit of like, hey, John, what's that under the table? 
Oh, I don't know, Ryan. It's a bag full of guns. Here, have a gun. <laughs> bang, bang. Whoops, you're dead. And we just start doing like a pantomime, like reservoir dogs shooting each other at the table and then pretending to die. <laughs> and all of these cops get up in this like uniform motion and just single file out of the bar. No and way. I have never been more terrified in my life. <sighs> I cannot believe I survived that. 2007, 2008-ish? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. I No, I I I definitely heard that story secondhand, or I wasn't around for that part of the night. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. God love you. John B. Duff. Yeah. And then, (laughs) just to lighten the mood, they started doing, let me see your Tootsie Roll. Let me see your Tootsie Roll. (laughs) Throwback, throwback to the year. But I remember John and Ryan being really good at it. So much yeah. so that I forgot about the doom and impending violence. And I'm just like, oh, they got they got moves. This is good. Yeah. I do want to see that Tootsie roll. Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. Oh. <sighs> Will anyone ever believe that story I just said is true though? <laughs> Why would it's, they? It's so ridiculous. It is. It is. <sighs> A bag full of, of guns. guns. Guns and badges. And like, if you just was... forget your badge, that's... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the bar was across the street from a cop shop, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'll um, just say it, I don't live in Winnipeg anymore. That was a sleazy cop shop. Yeah. 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 If you then... If you needed help, you did not go to that cop shop. Nope. They they've since taken that cop shop down. Really? Yeah, they opened up a main cop shop, uh, Super Mall. Oh wow! Yeah, it's got good vibes there for sure. Oh, that's nice. Here we go <laughs> see, listener. We made it nice at the end. <laughs> so you're you're in a small town, presumably right. filled with werewolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a real werewolf vibe to it. There are. <laughs> There's uh, puffs of hair, you know, on the corners of fences all around town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, There's both a plethora of sheep and not enough sheep at any given moment. <laughs> That's right. Um, when it's a full moon, I turned into a werewolf. So <laughs> that helped. Right. Which is a metaphor for puberty that you were going through and becoming a man. Yes. But you were scared yeah. of your power. <laughs> that's right and, and now it's an art house film <laughs> and it's the five hours and 32 minutes long with so, only uh, one word <laughs> so how isolated were you well my dorm room was felt very much like a prison cell because it was cinder block it was like a six by eight room with a sink in it there was a communal shitter and shower um and a kitchen um yeah just a small room with a very small bed fairly fairly uncomfortable um yeah just like a lot of time with my own thoughts i guess i'm now um, i'm getting harry potter vibes <laughs> just yeah, locked. Was, yeah there was like stairs that went up i was kind of, yeah i was like living under the stairs <laughs> Where, well, like, what was, I assume you were around other people in the dorm. 
Yeah, I, I kind of became friends. I did become friends with my neighbor, Stefan. He was a goofy guy and we had some laughs and he told me a little bit about the British art of football. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, he played in a band that uh, had a few shows in town at some pubs and they were pretty good. Very cold play vibes, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, this was early 2000s. That mm-hmm. was that is a oh. smart move to make. That's where the yeah. money was. Yes, money and all sorts of sex, you know, <laughs> I, I assume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's got to pay off somehow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but I, uh, I met this, I became close friends with this guy named Joe from London, who was like a tough kid from London, let's say, and we got into smoking cigarettes and, uh-huh, yeah. and cigarettes and smoking boy. weed and drinking tea yeah, and uh, playing chess almost like every day, all day. Uh, eventually Much I stopped like going prison. to classes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of chess in prison. So like, but this is where you started doing comedy, right? Well, I had, no, I, I had started doing comedy. Okay. Well, in real life. I had started doing comedy in Winnipeg just a little bit, like a sketch show on university radio and a little bit of stand-up because it was 2010. So I'd say like I was two years of lightly dipping my toe in it, mostly doing improv. Right. But maybe maybe for the movie's sake, I had seen it. I had made notes about it. I had dreams of doing it, but mm-hmm, never had mm-hmm. the, you know, never had the, uh, the, the, balls to, to do it right right there's like prison bars on your dorm window and outside yes. you can hear people laughing in a pub and you're like one day yeah one day one day i'll get out of here yeah self-imposed prison <laughs> um but uh yeah there i found out that they the university did a monthly comedy show and I went to the first one, checked it out, talked to some people. The next one, I went up, did some stage time, had a ton of fun. Um, and then I did the third month, and I met this guy named Tom Stade, who's uh, a relatively big comedian out there in England. Okay. Uh, but he is Canadian. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a little exposed to like the the English comedy touring market and stuff like that and it's huge it's vibrant it's i i really loved it the short yeah. amount of time i got to do because they're so unsentimental oh, there's yeah. no like keep it going for all the people you've seen That's it's just right. like get on to your job and there's yeah. a part of me it's just like yep i they're I so, agree with it so open to hearing anything even close to comedy so there for it mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. don't want to waste time with Nice cities or whatever. I absolutely loved it. And everywhere is a weird dank basement because yeah. that's just yeah. the architecture you're working around. So I'm acting like hey, wherever you go, it's in a basement and you probably won't get cell reception. Yeah. If you can get cell reception, there's probably not comedy happening there. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, did the show with this big comedian guy and afterwards I talked to him, shared that I was, you know, Canadian. He was Canadian. He, uh, like had, a, I think a hotel room in town that night, but we just hung out. We smoked some weed together. Uh, we hung out for a long time, talked about comedy, like into the wee hours. I showed him some clips of a couple of the sets that 
I had done back in Winnipeg. And I think back on that now and I'm like, oh, that's so cringy, like to show this professional. But he couldn't have been nicer about it. And he gave you advice? He did, yeah. He said to me that I was too afraid of looking like a fool. I was trying, I had to, I was trying to still hold on to a little bit of trying to be a cool guy, taking myself a little too seriously or whatever. I wasn't letting that go. See, and and I've never known you to be that person. You have always been full tilt silly. Yeah, but I, I, at the beginning, I was still trying to be like cool guy a little bit. I, I pitched a show once or a show title at Second City and I called it Dignity is for the Week. And Ooh. someone said to me, what does that have to do with comedy? And I was just like, <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, we've got, we've got like, I'm just picturing it as Hogwarts, but you're also mm-hmm. like sad and lonely. Yeah. Now I know it's like a Tim this Burton is about Hogwarts. the time where you had a head injury. That's right. And I believe this is actually how I met you, is just you were showing people on an iPhone, which was uh, pretty new at the time, yeah. footage yeah. of you getting seriously injured. And I'm just like, hey, I don't know this guy, but he's showing me footage of his brain injury <laughs> yeah, yeah and he's I'm drooling in. yeah <laughs> yes um yeah you know i kind of like completely stopped going to classes after that and i was fully on board with the idea of pursuing the dream of uh, life in the arts or life doing comedy and it was my last week studying abroad and i had been skateboarding the whole time um around the area and around the city slash small town, you know, alling over wolves and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, you know, it was like my last week there and I wanted to film a bunch of the skateboarding tricks that I had been doing or working on while I was there. And I was all by myself and I had like a, one of those old digital cameras, you know, you always, you had to have a digital camera yeah. with a 28 kilobyte SD card, get like, you know, 86 photos on it. Um, so I had that set up on a, on a cup turned upside down on a curb. So it's got a little bit of height on it and it's facing towards a rail that's like in a parking lot, a flat bar rail. And then I, my, my goal was to ollie, I was skateboarding sort of towards the camera. Uh, my goal was to ollie up onto the rail, 50, 50 grind, and then ollie over the, onto the other side of the rail into the other parking lot. And I went to go ollie on it. I pulled. That sounds impressive right Thank away. Thank you. Oh, it would have been so impressive. <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> so, but what happens is I ollie onto the rail and my foot slips, my foot slips heel side down and I start, but I start falling forward. So I go to lift my leg to put it in front of me to brace my fall falling forward. And I ended up just wrapping my foot around the rail and me trying to pull my foot up, sort of increase my momentum as I swung face down into the concrete. And I hit my head on the ground pretty hard. And then the footage, the raw footage was like a minute, two minutes of me just unconscious in a parking lot. 
with a pool of blood forming around my head. And then I started to convulse and shake and I'm scratching my face. Sorry, listener, this is all very graphic stuff. Tim, I'm I'm just sweating. I'm just sweating. <laughs> and to be fair, I did take another sip of this drink, but <laughs> it's all oh, it's yeah. so bad. It's so It's mostly the drink. Oh. So I start shaking. I'm scratching my face along the concrete. Uh these two exchange students uh who sort of miraculously were still on campus because everyone had gone home at this point. School was like a week over. I was planning on, I had this like trip plan. I was going to go to London. I was going to go to France. I was going to go to the place where um, they accept underpants. (laughs) 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 And uh, so I was kind of all by myself. So it was a bit miraculous that these exchange students like walked into frame. They like saw me and the blood and they pulled their, you see they pull their phone out and then kind of walk out of frame. And then I slowly become conscious and I get up and I re- kind of, re- I can kind of remember me getting up, grabbing the video camera, turning it off, putting it in my pocket, sitting on a curb, looking at the blood down my shirt. And then this ambulance shows up oh, and I'm like, wow. oh, well, this is a little bit ridiculous. Like, look, I'm fine. You're just I, in shock. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you fall all the time when you're skateboarding. It's, you know, it's not a big deal. Trust me. And then the, uh. Yeah, the ambulance driver, I just remember the look on the ambulance driver's face was like horrified. And I'm like, dude, it's okay. Hey, we're, we're all right. And hang then, loose. <laughs> hang, hang super loose like my jaw. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, then I pass out. I black out. I come to and I'm in the hospital and I'm in this big like examination room. And they're, they have scissors and they're cutting my pants off. Because they're worried there's a spinal injury, so oh, but they okay. need they need to take my clothes off, I guess, to get me into the CT scan because any metal in my clothes might fuck it up or something. Yep, yep. As so, someone who's had those, that is a thing. Yeah, Magnets. I remember them pulling my pants off, pulling my clothes off, and then I'm naked there, and then I come to again, and I'm in the CT scan machine, and it's the CT scan spins really, really fast around you. And I start getting sick because uh, I get dizzy. Mm -hmm. So I go to sit up in the CT scan and I bang my head on the top of the rotating uh, fucking thing. And I black out again. And then I come to and it's the next day and I'm in a hospital room with uh, three other people. And they're asking me what my name is and what day it is and how when my birthday and all that kind of stuff. Um, Okay, so. Uh, when you started telling the story, I was going to be like, do you still have this footage? And we could like link to it. But then you started Good. describing more of the footage. I'm like, I don't think I can, I can don't show think you that. Want to. <laughs> it is on YouTube. If you want, I can oh, send you is? the link. Yeah. All right. If, it, if it it's already is. on YouTube, did yeah. you, did you overdub it with like America's funniest home videos? <laughs> like sound effects? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I got Bob, I did a cameo with Bob Saget to uh, do some overdub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honey, I'm gonna be late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. The one time I got a CT scan, everybody I was waiting with in that waiting room was gorgeous. 
and oh, looked yeah? so good in that gown. And I was just, I was even, I think it was three in the morning. So I just looked like <laughs> garbage. And I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm just in a room with models. What world is this? Beautiful sure people don't like get a, you sick. You didn't walk into the wrong casting room or something? I Well, if they did, they still put me in a machine and I want to know what it, it was right now. Because I did not get any more attractive. <laughs> yeah, I imagine they all went in the machine and they come out ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a normal life. I want to eat a meal in peace. <laughs> so Um, okay so this is actually near the end of the trip yes this is this is like i was uh i don't know maybe i was about a week uh a week or two away from going home i had some flights booked like i said for a little bit of a european vacation before flying back to canada Okay. But uh, I had to spend a week in the hospital. You know, I fractured my skull, so I cracked the bone. And there was some swelling, um, but they had to monitor me for four days to make sure that the swelling didn't increase at all and it would slowly decrease. And yeah, this uh, nice nurse brought me some gitch and (laughs) and I had like no clothes or nothing. I'm going to say for the purposes of the film... It's got to be more up to the front. Like, I just yeah. enjoy the idea of you, like, in, in you, like, almost in a Wizard of Oz way, hitting your head and you wake up and you're like, right. it, everyone's speaking in a British accent. <laughs> like, How hard did I hit my head? <laughs> yeah. I want to do stand up comedy now. <laughs> Wait, what is this joke book I have here? <laughs> did you did, did you I just like... sign up for an open mic? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just and and Matt, if you're listening, this is up to you. Can we just do a scene right now where a doctor is trying to get you to walk again, <laughs> but also do stand-up comedy? Like he's heckling you and you've gotta like walk towards him. <laughs> yeah. You suck. Hey, I don't come down to where you work and knock the stethoscope out of your mouth. Yeah, um, uh, uh, I, I've seen uh, funnier. Um, uh, uh, no, no, no. Let's let him finish. Let's let him finish. <laughs> I'm sure I've this is funnier, going somewhere. <laughs> I've had funnier things come out of a colostomy bag. <laughs> I'm going to walk again. Yeah, I'm but like first, I'm gonna stand up. up. <laughs> Save that for the trailer, man. That's the money shot right there. <laughs> and like, that's like, it's my comedy. birthday. You have to give me a mug. <laughs> you just like, hey, crawling. I know I can't ask you yeah. how old you are, but how much do you weigh? <laughs> You're just crawling towards him with the mug. <laughs> the I'll chicken. get it. The chicken fingers are on special. Tip your waitress. And you're just crawling. Check out my album on Spotify. You gotta laugh. And that is his real album. You should check that out on Spotify. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good good plug. Good plug. Thank you. Thank you. If (laughs) 
one day when I walk again, I'm going to build a house and flip it. <laughs> Into a lake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because then, like, I want you to, like, meet you you meet this like prolific mm-hmm. comedian and then you yeah. hit your head and we can have a whole dream sequence thing yeah or if it's beforehand you just assume that england is all a dream <laughs> the entire time and you're just like putting yourself in danger because you're like it's fine it's a dream yeah nothing can hurt me <laughs> And then at the end, someone's like, no, Tim, you really did stand-up comedy. And suddenly (laughs) all the nerves come back and you're just throwing up (laughs) into the street for the entire entire end credits. In front of Buckingham Palace. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing up on a guard. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Until he's finally like, I'm not supposed to do this, but are you okay? I hit my head recently. <laughs> you know what? And I do have to say, it was weird for me getting the CT scan because they do ask you, like, what's your birthday? Who's mm. president? Oh. And I don't know why, because I'm Canadian, so I don't know why they asked yeah. me who's president. But it was very weird because it was while Trump was president. And as oh. soon as I thought of him, like, Donald Trump... Maybe I did get a head injury. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if I just got a head injury? <laughs> yeah. And even the doctor's like, no, he is the president. You didn't, I'm so sorry. You did not get a brain injury. <laughs> it was just twos. really weird. So, yeah. How yeah. did you – did you have memory loss? Did you find that, like, your personality had changed? Did you, like – that's the thing about a brain injury is it's impo- like I can't revert back and forth between before and after as far as emotional change. You know what I mean? I don't know. It would stand to reason that maybe there was some, but I don't feel like uh, I, I don't think that there's any major cognitive delays or anything like that. I just, no, I meant like... <laughs> This is how dumb I am. I'm just like, you know, in the Flintstones, when Fred Flintstone would get hit on the head by a bowling ball and he'd become yes. Frederico Flintstone. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't turn into a Spanish stereotype. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the facial hair. I'm like, we're, we're getting, yeah. Yeah. I um, say with my like beatnik dustache. <laughs> That's right. I'll throw rocks at glass houses. Do you, you normally close these on a poetry? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the end theme of this podcast is just snapping, snapping. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had uh, terrible headaches for at least a year after that. My head, my head always hurt. Walking around hurt. Um. Yeah, leaving the hospital, I was totally by myself there. And I was pretty broke at that point, too. I just pretty much had enough money for the plane ticket home, uh, which is why I'm not sure how I thought I was going to gallivant around Europe on no money. But right. I thought I'd find a way. And that um, just burned through your entire, like, did you have to do mm-hmm. any type of rehab? How long were you in the hospital? I was in, well, I was in the hospital for about five days. And then they released me. And then... um yeah, somebody like donated a pair of shorts and a shirt for me to wear. 
and they released me and then I was out. I didn't have, I don't think I had my wallet or ID or anything with me. I had keys to the dorm room, but that's it. Yeah, I had no wallet, no ID, no nothing. But thank God for their healthcare because they didn't cost me a penny a whole I, week's day. Did you have and, like memento style like memory loss or did you suddenly like no kung fu or? Well, I, I, <laughs> no, but I had diarrhea. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> I know diarrhea. <laughs> um, I walked home. I walked home from the hospital, which which turned out to be like two hours of walking, and I had to well, I walked. Had to walk so slowly because every step hurt so much. Did your family know about this, or they did? Like, I ended up. My mom ended up somehow getting the phone number for the hospital, and and somehow got me on the phone, and we chatted about it. So they were, yeah, I did let them know. I think it was already on Facebook at that point. Uh, uh, I'm genuinely speechless. I'm just like, that's how you let with just like a Facebook update. Yeah. I think I posted a picture. I was, I was definitely still in shock for a while afterwards. You know, it was a long time of recovery. I couldn't really be around like I needed to be in dark rooms. The light really hurt my eye. And then I watched the footage, you know, I got back to the dorm room and I just, I had nothing to do. Just, I had time to waste because I had to change my flights. And, uh, I just, I watched the footage over and over and over again, trying to process the trauma, but I don't know. I I found it fascinating to watch, but also just disgusting. Yeah. You know? And like, because I have... A dissociative disorder. I have like really weird memory problems. So I'm just wondering, like, did it flash back to you as you were watching it or? Just the, just the, the, the memory of sitting on the curb, putting the camera in my pocket and seeing the ambulance pull up that did nothing before it, like a big plunk, a big plunk of time leading up to the incident was gone. And it just, because it was so blacked out, except for whatever reason, that little portion, it didn't feel real. And there was like, I wasn't sure if what I was watching was real, you know, I think I was maybe having a bit of a losing my mind moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So let's, let's, and then I did, and then I had one last stand up show to do just before I left. And it was in this little bar in Leeds. And I told a couple of jokes and like did a bit of a story about the accident and it, and it, I don't know, it went over pretty good. Felt good about getting one last good set in. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, we're like, did they have to turn the house lights down or anything or? It was pretty low lit already. Again, basements. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a nasty little basement. The dank. Yeah. It's just me and the janitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a tired janitor. It's like just lock up when you're done. I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing stand up. Yeah. <laughs> the light switch is over there. Knock yourself out. Uh, scarily accurate. Uh, so okay. 
So for the purposes of the film, I want to say yeah. that like I have to like a near death experience makes you want to do stand up comedy. But to right. time jump back, <laughs> what what actually like was it just anonymity that kind of pushed you to do it or boredom or <laughs> to do stand up? Yeah. Like what? Like originally before going or why not while I was there? Uh, while you were there, because I know you just dipped your the, your foot in the pool. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I I loved I loved and I still love doing improv. I think more than anything when it's good. Yeah, it's really fun. It's where I feel most comfortable on stage. And me too, for sure. Um, Especially if you can do that while doing stand up. Yeah, right. That's that is the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I get bored with myself very easily. For sure. I mean, like, yeah. I know the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, George Bush got elected. Yeah. Dating <laughs> <laughs> is crazy, you guys. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was seeing the first show. I was like, it was the only bit of comedy within any kind of reasonable radius around me Any kind of live comedy. I saw the first show and I think I had, you know, some jokes written and I had already tried it out at like, I don't know, a couple small places. And I was like, fuck it, got to do it. And like when when I had tried my hand at it in England, I had already been doing it a while. Yeah, was that a very brutal start for you? Like just in the terms of like the feedback, maybe being too blunt and honest, or mm. you know what? I think I was lucky with well, I think I was lucky with the university crowds because they were packed. It was a small theater. It was a hot crowd. And and I had worked on worked pretty decently on some jokes and a lot of one liner type stuff. And then I was doing some like weird religious jokes um, and they were kind of going for that. You know, I think England really likes when you take the piss out of religion. Socialist, secular. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I did do one show. So I had done like, I think, two or three. I yeah, I. I only did five university shows in total because I was there six months and I saw the first one and then I performed in whatever ones I can get on afterwards. And I think after the second one, I was like, yeah, I guess I'm a comedian now. I've done it a couple of times. I'm a comedian for sure. Yeah. Um, these stu- these people who, students who were at the, uh, at one of the shows came up to me afterwards. They asked if I would perform comedy at their fundraiser for Haiti and i said sure and i went and it was this big room with like fucking three to four hundred people and they were all uh i like i was the only me and the and the guy doing the slideshow were the only people in the whole room who weren't black (laughs) not that that it's just listeners if you couldn't tell from tim's voice he is not black i'm not black yet yeah um yeah so it was just a bit of felt like a bit of an outsider and then the host the host introduced me 
by uh, obviously I, I, I so I don't, don't know if they were intentionally trying to throw me under the bus here. Did they build you up too much? No. What they said was this next person they claim to be a comedian. I don't know. We'll see. Because they themselves were the comedian. They thought they were the funniest person in the room. Oh, wow. Uh, um, so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, but let's make sure that he feels extra comfortable. So let's get everyone to fake laugh. And they got everyone to fake laugh in a real menacing sort of way. And he did that for a while. And then I think he did like he did he did his own another like joke or story or something like that. This is the brain trauma nightmare. This is <laughs> yeah. I can't believe yeah. that this really happened. So then they fi- finally introduced me and get everyone to fake laugh as I get onto the stage. And then I got these like one liner kind you know, corny ass jokes. They're not going for them. I'm not going up there with any confidence or personality. And then I realized that while I'm doing comedy, they they turned the light off on me. And behind me, you could just see these images projected from the uh, Haiti. <laughs> like these horrible images of the destruction from the uh, hurricanes that ripped through Haiti. Tim, this is more uncomfortable than the head injury. (laughs) The only person I had laughing was the uh, tech person. And 100%, it would have been funny to be in their shoes just to see somebody in a situation they cannot win. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's that's when you know your real comic is you just accept that you're going down with the ship and you're just like, yeah, let's watch it burn. Yeah. I was like, I'm doing all of the jokes that I came to say. (laughs) I'm getting out of here. That's insane to me. I will say. I once ended up doing a suicide hotline (laughs) fundraiser in a country western bar on the outskirts of the city and it was called joking and jamming and i realized it had been going on since noon so everyone was hammered and it was country band stand-up comic country band stand-up comic and before i go up this dude decides to he calls me up on stage like let's welcome andrew lazat i walk up on stage and then he goes but before that let me talk to you about suicide. Oh, and then he turns to me like, what are you doing up on stage? You're like, oh, I was the comic. I'm sorry. I'm going to go sit back down. He's like, no, no, no. <sighs> sit in the, sit in the stool. And he makes me sit there <laughs> while he just talks about suicide. And he ends it with, and now for, <laughs> for the comedy stylings of someone we hope won't kill himself. <laughs> literally the intro oh, that was rough and then it turns out after the set he was just like by the way uh, i'm a booking agent and i'm interested in in uh representing you i have all kinds of clients i have uh, clients that tours right now doing rural tours where he reenacts star wars with sock puppets oh that he made himself that guy? He got that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. That's a good get. I, like, looking back on it, I should have. This was before the prequels, too. This was all killer. <laughs> all killer, Jesus no filler. Christ. Uh, but that, yeah, that was terrifying. 
<laughs> and and like I cannot believe your story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's... I have an audio recording of it. Yeah, it was awful. Oh wow. I oh. think I've listened back to that one maybe once. Like I find that one way harder to listen to than me <laughs> traumatize my brain. That's so oh but but yeah. for the movie, Tim, that's oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. those moments of like, this is going to be super funny yeah. later. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Once the that's, emotional that's pain too. has subsided. You know, they say like a lot of your memories are imprinted when you are in a situation where you're producing a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. And I'll never forget any minute of that moment. <laughs> yeah. Of that night. Yeah. Oh, you can remember like the smell of the chairs. Yes. Yeah, the looks on everyone's faces. I knew I was going to lose as soon as I, as soon as he started that introduction. Yeah, I have other like terrible stories, like where you just bomb at a corporate event when I'm like 19 and I'm like, oh yeah, telling jokes for people in their 70s. And I can make like the <laughs> interns laugh maybe, but yeah, other yeah. than that, I am just taking. Yes. And all I can think is like, I'm looking at my watch while I'm telling the jokes. And I'm like, I'm going to take all the free roast beef home. <laughs> the, the roast yeah. beef will be directly proportional to my shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like one of those kids that walks out of the movie theater at night with a garbage bag full of popcorn, <laughs> but it's all roast beef. <laughs> yeah. It was still a pretty like, good day. It was still a pretty good day. So in terms of like tone like a for this. bag chair out of roast beef when you get home. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my roommates to say, where's the beef? So I can open the bag. It's just... in all of our furniture. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of like, where do you want the tone on this? Because if this is a, a coming of age story, like, I don't know. Is there more like, is there, is there a girl? Is there like. There oh, was a girl. Okay. Yeah. There was a girl who I met after the, like sort of towards the end of my stay there. And uh, yeah, her name was Emily. We met at uh, a dance club in Leeds and hit it off. And I asked for her phone number mm -hmm. and that's something that I, had never had the guts to do before that, really. And then you realize it's a long distance phone number on your Canadian <laughs> phone. You're like, yeah. I can't afford to call you. Do you have a, is there a 204? Is yeah. there a 204 <laughs> number? <laughs> I'll see you on MSN. <laughs> That's a really accurate, like, time frame reference. Yes. Yeah, we became MSN chat buddies immediately. <laughs> Uh, oh. We exchanged Hotmail accounts, but yeah, uh -huh. we had like, we had uh, uh, an, a super nice date in the city of Leeds, and it was one of uh, one of the early blooming periods, maybe where I was able to feel comfortable and be myself. And was it one of the ones where you're like I'm sick of this stupid, boring town? But then this magical person comes along like, it's different when I show you the town. Totally. And there's just this montage of like. Different shops and restaurants. Yeah. You know, you find where they make the underpants. <laughs> yeah. Iced cream. Huh? Okay, I'll try it. 
Vegetables? Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys read from left to right here? That's weird. <laughs> All right, I'll try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, this makes she, way more sense. <laughs> was she supportive of the stand-up? Or? Very much so, yeah. She was also like an actor um, okay. in the arts. Uh, I was doing well. We had like this uh, sort of idyllic day where I went and visited her small town in England. And it's one of those small towns with like thatch roof houses and little rose bushes. And we went we went and swam in this creek near the small town with like a swing rope. Yeah. And we caught some crawfish, cooked them on a grill. After everything, you're just both stopping and laughing like. Yeah. You're driving down the road, and she's, like, trying to get you to go into the different lane. She's like, silly, we drive on the different end. And you're just laughing and laughing. <laughs> driving through a school zone. Yeah. All these kids are just pinging off the front of the car. <laughs> they drive really fast for these, like, narrow roads, especially in the country. Like It's scary. I thought I was going to die, but yeah. I was also staying with someone else's family. So I wanted to be polite and not scream for my life <laughs> as we weave around sheep and in between these like narrow alleys yes. over unpaved roads. And you're just and you come jumping over a hill just in time to turn at a sharp angle. And there's yeah. this big truck passing you at the same time. Oh, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I I want to say that uh, I'm going to make you two meet at like the head trauma clinic. Oh, cool. And then maybe they do have a date. Like <laughs> before you can learn to walk again, first you have to learn to dance. Eat and they've got pussy. this like under the <laughs> sea thing in a in, uh, yeah. in an auditorium. <laughs> yeah. With my other roommates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, but you're still just in hot. gowns. Yeah. No one is underpants. It's, yeah. <laughs> Ass out. Uh, yeah, my roommates in the hospital room were these, like, it was these two uh, teen, teenage kids. They were Pakistani, um, but they had, like, a blended uh, northern Yorkshire Pakistani accent, and they were just hilarious, like, there was like a it was like a Timon and Pumbaa kind of relationship between the two of them, and one of them was just always busting the other one's chops. <laughs> when I stayed in England, we were we were staying with a friend's cousin who was also in like a dormitory house. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But she was studying to like she plays the cello professionally in like orchestras. Ooh. So we're we're staying with all these. I have a friend that plays the cello unprofessionally. Oh. Well, <laughs> no, uh, terribly. <laughs> You're always late. <laughs> but like, so we're waking up every morning to all these like symphony musicians tuning up. And we're like, this is yeah. nice. But then they would also accuse us of stealing because we were poor. And, like, <laughs> and you were stealing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we stole after. Did you sell my instrument? <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it, there was a part of me that still found it charming because I'm like, ooh, it's like upstairs, downstairs, yeah. it's like Downton <laughs> Abbey. 
What charming foibles of classism. <laughs> also, I wasn't prepared for how well everyone was dressed. Like, I just oh. felt like a garbage person yeah. the entire that was time. One of the first things that I really noticed when I came back to Canada, I just became so used to it. Even, you know, everyone had some sense of style, you know, whether it's a tracksuit or just like comfortable clothes. And then I come back and I'm in the airport in Ottawa or something like that. And one of the first things I see is this dad with these fucking jeans, these Wranglers that are uh, like they don't fit. He's got a Bud Light hat or Bud Light T-shirt with the sleeves ripped off it and like a Dale Earnhardt shitty little baseball cap and these big like Velcro sneakers. I'm like, fuck, I forgot about the Canadian style. Yeah, everyone's wearing clothes they got out of like a six pack of beer or something. Yeah. Which I know is an multiple comedians have jokes about that but it's also just true it is real it is real it was so noticeable i had a tim hortons coffee when i got to the airport i was like oh i probably missed this stuff yeah tasted like ass Mm -hmm. bad Mm -hmm. coffee it's really bad coffee and now i'm gonna take a sip of my drink again mountain dew code red (laughs) oh oh (laughs) see and i let i let the ice melt because i thought if i watered it down that help uh, it, no, and it, it tastes different, but it's more like just the consistency changed, and it's disturbing. <clears throat> it looks like you're drinking something that like Shrek had bad tacos. Yeah, it just it looks like ogre urine. Yeah, chunky it, ogre urine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is my fault. I asked for something with matcha in it, and that is a roll of the dice. Too matcha. Yeah. Too too matcha. <laughs> Mucho matcha. <laughs> so, okay. So when you were moving to England, mm-hmm. what were your like goals? Because you wanted to get out of a small town. So like what were your stand-up goals? What were your like uh, life goals? What was your like romance goals? Like what was the fantasy that you were going to live? I, you know, I, I didn't really know what life would be like there. I just knew that it would be different from what I was doing here. And I kind of signed up for the program, I think, before I really fell in love with comedy. Mm-hmm. This is all real life stuff. I don't know what's best for a movie version, but. Uh, we got to mind yeah, that. I had mind that well. I had, I had written uh, a sketch show and rented out a theater and like two weeks before I left, I did the show at the gas station theater and I wrote like an hour and something of sketch comedy and I, and, uh, you know, put on this big show just before I left. And I was just bombing out of business school. Like I had this, I don't know if you've seen me do this stand up bit that I've done before, but it's just a true story. I was in this law course. It was one of the mandatory courses for this business degree was to take commercial law. And the course was a 100% final grade was the exam. 100%. No attendance, no assignments, no nothing. It was, All of uh, this story is nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I went to the first few, but then I had started getting into comedy and theater more and I stopped going and I missed the dropout deadline and the exam was coming up. And I had what a lot of students do was they would get the notes, they'd buy the notes from a student who took it the year previous. So I was able to buy like a package of the notes for the exam. But the exam was the day after my show at the theater in Winnipeg. And I just, I chose to do this comedy show rather than prepare for this exam. And we went out, we celebrated, we had a great time, fun night, and stayed up half the night and then got up the next morning, bright and early to write this exam at 9 a.m. about law. And I just, uh, I made up all the answers as best I could. You know, like they asked me, uh, maybe four facts about the Court of Queen's Bench. And I said, uh, or the Manitoba Court of Queen's Bench. And I said, it's in Manitoba. It's the Queen's. There's 23 letters. And if you rearrange the letters, it spells meet me at the rink. <laughs> four facts. I wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, they asked like what a bylaw was. And I said a bylaw is a law that has sex with male and female laws. <laughs> <laughs> then, I really got creative with the essay portion where it was, yeah, you had to like discuss some morality issue with about a certain law. And I just wrote this long story about vampires and uh, <laughs> handed it in. And uh, yeah, and then a couple of weeks later, I was off to England. Yeah, and then they just send you a letter. It's like, you are not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I did have to have meetings. They pulled me out of class when I came when I came back. They pulled me out of class because they needed to do a mental assessment to see if I was indeed a crazy person who might <laughs> hurt somebody. So wait, you you did a law exam, but you were studying business? Yeah, because it was one of the required courses to get this uh, business degree. You know, you have to take finance, you have to take law, you have to take all sorts of different things. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to get a double major in international marketing and, gen- and, and management, but uh, came back and got an arts degree with a minor in be- business management. So nice. I literally have a show business degree. I would like it if you, <laughs> the whole reason you were going to do this sweet skateboard trick is to mail to the admissions board. They're like, they'll have to get me back if I nail this Ollie. <laughs> Whoa. You're not getting back into business school. You have to do comedy now. Yeah. There's there's too much brain damage. You, there's only one thing you can still do. We can save them. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like cutting you open and handing you like a rubber chicken, a whoopee cushion, a yeah. slide whistle. Put like the rubber glove over my head, like how we melt, how we, yeah, how he does yeah. it. So, okay, all right. So, you've just you just burned the bridge. You've accepted the call to adventure. So, like. I don't know, like, what? How how did this whole thing change you? 
it punctuated by the brain injury made me hyper aware of my mortality. The isolation helped me be more comfortable with myself and my thoughts and who I am not mm-hmm. trying to be who I think others want me to be. So that, that, and yeah, I just came back with a uh, fuck it. I could, you know, I could die of a skateboarding accident any day. <laughs> I mean, you can't well pursue I mean, my dreams or you could stop skateboarding. I think <laughs> no, that would no. just curb the whole, no, no, <laughs> Well, at least wear a helmet, Tim. It would just... I know I look like an idiot. <laughs> I have to look cool. I have to hang loose. I do wear a helmet now when I skateboard. Oh, that's nice. Do you still skateboard? Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally. A couple times a year, you know. So I'm like, just the, minute, roll. the minute I turned 30, I'm like, my back hurts. Yeah. I didn't do anything. It just hurts now. Skateboarding helps. Really? Oh, no. No, it makes right. it so much worse. Sign me up. <laughs> so, like, what was the stand-up journey like? Like, was there just suddenly, like, after that near-death experience, you were just like, I'm going to be silly now. I don't care anymore. Or, Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember, but I, I went through different... Um... I think when most people start doing comedy, stand-up comedy particularly, they're imitating what they've seen work, which is typically their favorite comedian, whether yeah. it's Stephen Wright or Zach Galifianakis or Norm MacDonald or Louis C.K. or, um, you know, in your case, uh, Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was Woody Allen. I mean, let's change topics. <laughs> listen i hope they're both i hope they're having like a bunk bed sleepover in prison right now if i had my fingers crossed so um i i don't know what i was trying to do initially when i started but i had like several different um several different people that i was drawing from and sort of doing a loose impression of and it you know kind of george carlin maybe uh but not well, not educated, not smart. And so I, I tried different styles. I tried, um, you know, doing esoteric jokes. I used to go up on stage with a guitar and I would say one-liners and then just pluck a couple notes on a guitar and, you know, move on. I remember this phase. Yes. And I think that was sort of leading up to just before I left for England, I think, or maybe, yeah. But I think when I came back from England, then I was more comfortable telling stories, doing, just being more of myself on stage and exploring and amplifying that to a funny degree sometimes. Right. Well, were there like, obstacles to navigating the English comedy scene that like you feel maybe gave you like superpowers or something the other comedians didn't have um, coming back home? 
one thing that I definitely noticed in the English stand-up comedy scene, and tell me if this was your experience as well, is when there's a comedy show, there's always a point in time, either early in the show overall or early in the set for each performer, where the audience feels like they just they need to test you. They just need to quickly test you to see if you can do a witty response or if you can think on your feet or if you can react or whatnot. They like they I feel like in my experience, they were even more over the top reactionary if you were to interact with something in the moment, in the room, or a person, or something like that to really make it feel like a uniquely live experience. Right, because they, they want it to be authentic. Yes. Um, the heckling would be very... Of course, there's some like just drunks, very unreasonable, but the heckling would be very playful. It would be very... With yeah. not, not a big ego, not a big look at me kind of thing. Just like a, like a lot of genuinely very funny quips come from an audience and you would just have to roll with that. Right. Because so much of dealing with the hecklers making fun of them for like not paying attention or something. Yeah. But these people are like, no, I was listening to you quite intently. And I'm like, exactly. It's very and Here's sincere. a funny tag for that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, uh, thank, thank you. What do I? Yeah. How do I? Huh. Like it, yeah, it throws you off in a very different way. So I, w- I, I think all audiences, I think in England, because maybe the dense population, mm-hmm. they're, they're a lot, they're, they, they move into a unit much faster as an audience. You know, they unite much more readily. They can act as one crowd more readily than maybe a crowd in Winnipeg or whatnot, where you get a pocket of them to all pay attention. You get little sections to all work together. Right. It's, it's a little more uncommon to have everyone just collectively listening, pay attention, and they're all, you know, acting as, as a unit sort of thing. I feel. Yes. I, hmm. Yeah, it is the, the one time, and it's, it's not like I haven't been thrown off on stage, but the one time that was like just panic deer in the headlights is someone was heckling me, but with compliments, <laughs> just like, you're doing great. Take. I'm going to buy you a beer <laughs> after the show. And I'm like, I can't yeah. tell him to shut up. He's being very nice yeah. to me. <laughs> and then the as it threw me off, he started like giving me encouragement, like the next one will be better. Oh, jeez. You're trying. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I can see you put work into this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Attaboy. There's a jerk chicken Italian fusion restaurant around the street that you've got to try after this. It'll... And, and really, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Did you... Did you just come right back to Canada with the flag bit ready? Because in my head, that's... That's, yeah, that's sort of peak loose silliness. That's for sure. Um, no, that took a couple of years to develop. That was, uh, but it wasn't long after that. That wasn't long after that because I came back. I remember my first setback was at, um, I think, the Standard or something like that, whatever it was called at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had my long hair and I told the story about the, the hospital stay and everything. And I just felt so comfortable I had a little phase where I was sitting on a stool as I was performing. Mm-hmm. It just feels so audacious now, but <laughs> um, the gravitas of sitting. Mm, oh yeah, like who am I 
<laughs> Charles I, said. I mean, I feel like what we have here is a reverse patch Adams. <laughs> where it's just like, you're yeah. not funny until yeah. you hit your head. Yes. And suddenly it all clicks into place and you're like learning to walk again, learning to love again. Yes. But you're also becoming funnier. And it's just like, yes, they're, they're almost putting your health secondary. Yes. And I just want you to come back. And and like your first setback in Ken is like, don't worry, I got this. And you still have like bandages on your head. Yeah. And yeah. you just start bleeding. impersonating a flag. <laughs> and this crowd just stands up and starts yeah. clapping. There's yeah. like Lauren Michaels is just at the back <laughs> of the bar, like, I don't know what it is, but he yeah. has it. <laughs> he reminds Not me of me. a young Chevy Chase. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on I'll work on the Lorne Michaels impression for the it's pretty for good the film yeah 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 pretty close yeah please and I yeah. I gotta say you're you're actually the first person to do the podcast and come in with a title for the film oh yeah okay do you want to hear it and yeah. we can workshop oh, it yes then. please I already know it tell the people the people yeah the the movie is called Head Over Heels okay could I have... also be Head Over Wheels oh. Or we could spell heels H E A L S. Okay. And then put a heart or no, that might be too far. Mm. But it depends how poppy we want it to be. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah. I then, also, if we started in the head trauma clinic, but still have the like doing stuff with emily going through london driving you shouldn't be driving these are all yeah. things you shouldn't be doing yeah <laughs> it's just yeah yeah it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest it's it's so many things it's juno it's it wrapped King in amadeus King comedy <laughs> it's tootsie <laughs> Tootsie Roll. Mm -hmm. uh, nice. Okay, <laughs> so for the last bit, let's just sort of talk our way through the trailer so that Matt can like recut it to sort okay. of put all the radio cool. effects in. So how do you see this like opening? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. How does it open? Is it open with the raw footage of the head getting cracked open yeah. no so the second time i ever did stand-up comedy was at charlie's remember that like jason beck used to do yes. pizzas yeah 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 it was like pizzas and chicken but also a bar and yeah, burton cummings used to frequent that spot didn't yes he? oh yeah 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 the BLTs, it, mm -hmm. the BL, yeah. the the VLTs and the, the BLTs, the BLTs and the VLTs. If it ends in LTs, Burton yeah. Cummings is there. He'd hit the uh, arm on the VLT and say, "Thank you, Lenny Kravitz." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who have Googled who Burton Cummings is, <laughs> you're welcome. American woman. So many Burton Cummings stories. But mm -hmm. uh, so I completely tank and I go to get Can off. Can I tell you one quick Burton yeah. Cummings All right, story that, I'm that gonna, I heard? No. 
from the station, the radio station manager, where we did those bus and muffler shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was at Charlie's Pizza, and Jared used to go there all the time, and he would see him all the time. And he was trying to pick up the waitress. He's flirting with her, and one of the things that he used to flirt with her, he's bragging to her, saying, "You know, why don't you come back to my place? Uh, I have, uh, I have over eight thousand MP3s." <laughs> You know what? There was a time when that was <laughs> that's an impressive amount of MP3s. <laughs> okay, now now I got one. And 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 just as a gimme, everyone has a story of seeing Burton Cummings on the bus drinking a carton of half and half. That's just your standard <laughs> Burton Cummings yeah. story. But yeah. my favorite is a buddy of mine during university worked in a call center for a pool cleaning service. Oh yeah. And he gets a phone call. And it's uh, just like, hey, uh, I'm Burton Cummings. Yes, that Burton Cummings. I'm having a pool party and I need my pool cleaned. I'm Burton Cummings. <laughs> and he's just like, I, I'm so sorry, Mr. Cummings. It's Canada Day long weekend. We're completely booked out. I physically don't have anyone to uh, to help you. And he goes, I don't think you understand. I'm Burton Cummings. I'm having a pool party and I need my pool cleaned. Thank you. I'm Guess Burton who? Cummings. Yeah, yeah. Burton Cummings. Burton Cummings. He goes like, I I don't think you understand. There just physically isn't enough people. I can do it for you on the second. It's just like, all right, I think I see what needs to happen here. And he proceeds to acapella sing to him Jesus over the phone Christ. these eyes. are crying and my friend jared just holds his mouth and he puts him on speaker so it projects throughout the whole call center and uh he just finishes and he's just like thank you very much i will uh i will see you hopefully around 2 p.m i'm burton cummings i need my pool clean thank you goodbye jesus christ like the consummate professional like he just wow. out the hits and hung up the phone yeah and he did not get his pool cleaned jesus i i just want like so i i'm bombing at charlie's Right. And it's still brand new. I'm just bombing. And I go to step off stage and the stu- the steps to the stage aren't connected. So all of a sudden I go out and I almost million dollar baby like hit Fuck my neck yeah. on the side of the stage. And that gets the laugh. <laughs> that is my standing ovation. <laughs> and I go over to the bartender. It's just like, yeah, sorry about the steps. The owner's kid made it in wood shop. And so we got to use it, but they're super <laughs> shitty. And I'm like, you don't have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good way to start a head trauma thing. But it's just yeah. like, I, I would almost like to start with you in the law office, just someone going through, you're like taking the bar <laughs> test and like, and you answered right. There is no way I can let you be. You can't a work lawyer. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like I just, You'll I just, never will be a lawyer here at uh, Cosby, <laughs> yeah. Allen, and yeah, yeah, yeah. CK. If I ever, if I ever see you practicing law in this country again, you're just like, well, yeah, great. Yeah. Now I have to go to a different country. Yeah. 
quickly there's a quick shot of the plane ticket being bought on the countertop the bag being zipped closed the airplane flying off right what what's the only law office or law school that will take me and it's converted from an old abandoned prison in the middle of a small (laughs) town in england yeah (laughs) the ras are prison guards it's also so it's also an experiment yeah 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 (laughs) <laughs> and you're just like, they have an open mic night at the pub across the street. And on your first night, you're just getting heckled by this old man like, but there's wolves outside. <laughs> this guy sure loves wolves. Am I right? <laughs> love, hey, love. look at, look, I guess it's a man cried wolf over there. <laughs> oh, you love, you love wolves so much. Why don't, why don't you marry them? Yeah. <laughs> Sing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, how do you want to meet the uh the um the influential the, comedian? Like, my car broke down mm-hmm. outside. And I right. just have to say, by you technical definition, you performed stand-up comedy up there. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Um would it be yeah. I, I come out of the, I guess it's post head, head we're leading with the head trauma. Yeah. And then it's uh, maybe, uh, maybe the comedian gets hired to perform for the patients at the hospital. Oh, yeah. And then I, <laughs> I heckle and he's like, you think it's so easy? Why don't you come up here and try it? <laughs> and then I go up and get a couple jokes in. Right. I, I do also like the idea of like, maybe if I land this sick Ollie, the law office will accept me again. I'll be allowed to practice law in North America again. Radical law. <laughs> uh, Above the bar. <laughs> I don't want to just pass the bar. I want to grind on it. <laughs> oh no. I do also want a painfully long scene where you're just showing the comedian your like sets. And they're just like, well, I I have nowhere else to be. Yeah. <laughs> like I court I court appointed because yeah. of my community service. I have to spend time with <laughs> these patients. Do you want to see my accident video? Like what? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> just a huge throw up thing. It's just yeah. And then a girl comes up to you just like, I actually, I thought the head trauma video was kind of cool. Do you want to <laughs> dance? <laughs> yeah and we just start dancing in the middle of the hospital lobby right you both got like walkers and then you yeah. get close to each other and you're just bracing your hands on each other's shoulders and swaying <laughs> yeah, but huge, not too hard huge boner in my uh <laughs> my hospital gown <laughs> can we get an iv on yeah, this yeah. thing <laughs> like oh my god the doctor told me i'd never be able to do that again <laughs> hey nurse you want to check for swelling yeah <laughs> no piano i said you'll never play piano again he just ripped another pair of shorts and underpants again <laughs> yeah 
I yeah, I do. <laughs> and then you just go back to performing stand up, but you've got the bandage on your head the whole time mm-hmm. for continuity, so people know like, yeah. oh right, he still he had the head trauma thing. Yeah, but it's made him funnier. It- and it cuts and, to like five years later. I'm yeah. still wearing the bandage, but it's like all ratty and <laughs> fall <falling> dirty. <laughs> right. And then someone's like, you could try not resting on the head trauma bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, have any other material. Yeah. Wait, what if you impersonated a, a Canadian flag? <laughs> oh, my Unraveled, God. Uh, bandages. <laughs> And Whoa. then we we fade into from you impersonating the flag to the actual Canadian flag and there's just like <laughs> yeah. fireworks going off. Yeah. And that just is for the dedicated to the troops. <laughs> yeah. To everyone we lost on July 1st. <laughs> now, Tim, do you have enough room in your house that you're flipping for the amount of Oscars you're about to win? We'll make some room. Yeah. Yeah. We'll build an addition mm-hmm, probably. Mm-hmm. We'll have to. All right. It'll Did- be like um, that uh, I love Lucy scene with the chocolates coming up the conveyor belt. Right. <laughs> right. For it's Oscars. Like, suddenly you're using an Oscar to prop open like the bathroom door. To, like, <laughs> yeah. You know when you leave a tennis ball hanging in the garage to make sure you don't drive in too far but it's an oscar (laughs) so it's like smashing up your window (laughs) we got two oscars on either side of the garage so we don't bump against the walls (laughs) oh no no. i'm so sorry okay so we had technical difficulties okay so the end of the bit is first of all i just spilled that terrible drink all over the top of my keyboard. Yep. And so far it's not it's not broken, but I feel like what a Greek tragedy arc we have here. Like that was poetic justice that I deserved. Uh, I just wanted to finish the montage bit with mm-hmm. saying, you know, maybe it's like we cut to Halloween and you're just giving out Oscars in treat bags and kids are like oh another oscar i wanted a toothbrush or the weird candy that's shaped like a peanut but has nothing to do with a peanut the kid still eats the (laughs) eats the emmy though or the oscar so in this movie there's also me pitching this movie to you and then us making this movie in this movie and then us getting awards for the movie in the movie (laughs) Right, right. It's like a David Lynch experience. Love it's, it. it's meta the whole time. It's Love it. German expressionist more than anything. Nice. It's it's commenting on itself in the moment. Germans are Tim, so do expressive. Wanna, do you now that we're finally recorded, do you want to plug all your stuff again? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh check out Hunk's uh Hunk's Comedy on YouTube. Check out Hunk's Comedy wherever. It's the sketch group that I'm a part of now. And uh I love it. We've got a podcast ourselves as well. We have a uh, live sketch comedy album called Mouth Beef. Mouth Beef. Mouth Beef. Um say that three times and watch the beef monster <laughs> come in. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, a check, sketch check comedy that we, <laughs> we recorded in a basement, dirty little basement bar uh, here in Winnipeg in front of a live studio audience just before you couldn't do that anymore safely. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you can check that out on Bandcamp, uh, wherever you want to get your albums from. Yeah, and I got my own stand-up comedy album. It's called You Gotta Laugh. And I was just telling Andrew, I feel like I'm finally now ready to release uh, the album that I put out in 2017. So, right, and yeah, if you want to hear <laughs> the Canadian flag, it's on that album. Is it? That yeah. would be a great tie-in. We're gonna we're gonna link to Tim's head trauma video, and mm-hmm. you can click or not click on it. Uh, I feel like. If I were one of those fancy PBS interviewers, I would ask you, like, now, Tim, your your album is called You Gotta Laugh. Do you feel that's true? Do you have <laughs> to laugh? I'm going into a little bit Lorne Michaels again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta laugh. You can't take yourself too seriously. And I feel like as long as, you know, what starts in the beginning has a finish at the end, what you set up. It just has all come full circle. And like, mm-hmm. I, I do I have to dump the rest of my drink all over the keypad? Is that the only, I feel like that's the only way. Yeah. Yeah. And just so the listening audience knows, Andrew's drinking his thing out of one of those big Gatorade jugs that football teams have <laughs> they pour over their coaches. So I almost hate to say this, but it was amazing because I didn't get any on my shirt. It's just all over my pants. Thank God. <laughs> and it's vomit green. It's just, oh, oh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Thank you for listening. Thanks and for wearing always, pants. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Now... Punch Up Your Life has been a stupid fancy production in partnership with Showbiz Monkeys. The show was hosted and created by Andrew Lazat. You can find Andrew on Twitter and Instagram as at ThinLazat, or check us out on Facebook at Punch Up Your Life. Theme music was composed and performed by Leif Ingerbritsen, photography by Tyra Sweet, and artwork was designed by Todd Graham. The show was produced, edited, fact-checked, and all questions and tangents were researched by me, Matt Ardill. Please remember to like and subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know which stories you'd like to see get made into a film, or pitch us your own story. Who knows? You could end up being the next guest of the show. Thanks for listening, and remember, you are the hero of your own story.